Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Well, praise God. Good morning. Glad to see all of you here. Let's take our Bibles and go over to Psalm chapter 136 today. What motivates God? What motivates God? What, why does God do what He does? We have a lot of questions in that area. You know, when it comes to the things we experience in life, why did God allow that, or why does God do this, or why does He not do this, or all those kinds of things. But Psalm chapter 136, we see something really interesting um, in this verse of Scripture that teaches us what motivates God. It teaches us what moves Him and, 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 and what comes, everything that He does comes out of the essence of something. And that thing is, well, let's just look at it. Psalm chapter 136, and we're just going to read uh, the entire chapter. So we'll be here until about 1030, all right? P.M. No, it's just 26 verses. If you would, can we just read this together? All right? I think we're going to find the theme real quick, all right? Psalm 136 and verse 1 reads as, we don't have it on the screen, I guess, or do we? You have it in your Bibles there? All right. If you're reading King James, or New King James Version, then you're reading the same version that I am. All right, that way we can all read in unison together. Are you ready? Let's read. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for His mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for His mercy endures forever. To Him alone does great wonders. Who do, I'm sorry. To Him who alone does great wonders, for His mercy endures forever. Verse 5. To Him who by wisdom made the heavens for his mercy endures forever. To him who laid out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endures forever. To him who made great lights, for his mercy endures You catching on yet? The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endures forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endures forever. Verse 10. Oh, look at this. To him who struck Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endures forever. 11. And brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endures. Keep your voices up. Let's read it loud, all right? Verse 12. With a strong hand and with an outstretched arm, for his mercy endures forever. 13. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his mercy endures forever. 14. And made Israel pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endures forever. 15. But overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea, for his mercy endures forever. 16. To him who led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endures forever. To him who struck down great kings, for his mercy endures forever. And slew famous kings, for his mercy endures forever. 19. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy 
endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, for his mercy endures forever. 21. And gave their land as a heritage, for his mercy endures forever. A heritage to Israel, his servant. For his mercy endures forever. 23. Who redeemed, remembered us in our lonely state. For his mercy endures forever. And rescued us from our enemies. For his mercy endures forever. Who gives food to all flesh. For his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven. For his mercy endures forever. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that your mercy endures forever, Lord. And Lord, that truth, that truth alone is by your mercy. It's by your mercy that you created the worlds because your mercy endures forever. It's through your mercy, Lord, that we are where we are today, that we who were on the outside we had no hope and we were without God in this world, but by your mercy, you saved us. By your mercy, you extended grace to us. You extended an invitation to come into your family, to come out of the darkness and into the light. Hallelujah. To come from sin and into righteousness. We thank you for that today. Lord, I pray for your blessing upon this word and upon all those who hear the word, God. Lord, that we come in, we came in here one way, Lord, but I thank you that we leave better than the way we came, even though we came in good. But Lord, we thank you that the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It shines brighter and brighter to the full day. Thank you that you're transforming us into the image of your dear son. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've got this, right? For his mercy endures forever. It's his mercy that motivates him. It's because his mercy is everlasting so that we can always and forever trust in him. He wants us to know this so that whatever situation we find ourselves in, we will still declare no matter what, I will give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. I love this. I want to focus on uh, verse 23. I want to focus on verse 23. The word mercy in, uh, in the Hebrew here has three words that define it. And they are this, goodness, kindness, and faithfulness. Goodness, kindness, and faithfulness. This is beautiful. God is good. And, and the, the, the scripture teaches us in James that from him comes down every perfect gift, every good gift, and there is no changing in him about that. God is good, he was good, and he always will be. That's what it means. He's never going to change. And let me help you with something today. You know what good is because God has shown you what is good. All right, His good and your good are not different, contrary to religious teaching. Well, maybe God's definition of good might be different from mine. Uh, no. Why? Why would it be? Why would it be? So when things don't work out like we think they're supposed to work out, then we start putting blame on God about things, right, if we're not careful. Jesus, check this out. All right, let's go to Matthew 7 for a moment, Matthew chapter 7, and then we'll come back to verse 23 here.
verse, uh, let's go to, well, go to verse 7 there, Ben, if you would, start in verse 7. Matthew said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. How many of you believe that? All right. Watch verse 8. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Now, you've heard me talk about this before, that Jesus took off all limits by these statements right here. He took off all limits, right? We've trained ourselves and by our own thinking and maybe some bad teaching that we've received to put limits on to what Jesus just said, all right? But he said, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks, receives, all right? Everyone who seeks, finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be open. All right, this is a great invitation for all of us to have full assurance in our God and his goodness to us. He can fully be trusted, fully be trusted, so that we can only then believe. All right, watch this, verse 9. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Verse 10. Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent or a snake? Unless he's a practical joker. But, I mean, we, we know that what he's teaching us is about the nature of a father here. If the son asks for something and the father gives him what he didn't ask for, well, what kind of father is that? Okay. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, what Jesus just taught us a good gift was, was that whatever the child requested, that's what the father would give them. Did you see that? If he asks for a fish, what's the good gift? A, a snake? Or is it a fish? All right, if he asks for bread, what's the good gift? A stone? Or is it bread? Okay, so he says if you have that nature and you are fallible people, evil he said, <laughs> you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? What he's helping us understand is you know what's good. You know what the right thing is. All right, if you know how to give good things, God knows how to give good things. Your good and his good are the same thing. So that your prayers won't be wondering. And that, that's the thing. If we don't understand that, that God's definition of good is the same thing as ours, that we really do have a grasp of what is good, then if we don't understand that, then our prayer life is going to be really weird. It's going to be weak, wimpy, and watered down. We're going to say things like, if it be thy will, right? Rather than proclaiming what his will is. Because he's already told us what his will is. He needs us to say his will. Jesus said, say it like this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, okay, so he gives us an example of what his will is, doesn't he? He gives us an understanding of what God's will is, that, that his will is, is being fully accomplished in heaven. So in order to get it down here on earth, we need to declare his will here on the earth, all right? So what, what is heaven like? What is heaven like? Is there calamity there? Is there sickness? Is there lack? Is there depression? Is there brokenness? Is there any of that stuff there? No, why? Because the word of God, or the will of God, I should say, is completely uninhibited, un unhindered there in heaven. Wow. So heaven is, the, heaven is the pattern. Heaven is the example. 
So we see this glorious thing that wherever the will of God is accomplished, it is only, 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 only good. It's life and it's life everlasting. Hallelujah. It's complete wholeness. It's complete restoration. And so that way we can be confident. Jesus said we want what's on earth uh, 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 as it is in heaven. So there's the example. So how do we get heaven here on the earth? We got to talk about it. We got to say it. Let it be done here. Let it be done here on the earth. So that we know then what is good and what is not good. Jesus said the thief or, or the enemy comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. If there's any characteristic of that, that's of the devil. All right? It's never God. That's never God. Sometimes when we don't have answers for things, we're tempted to question whether that was him or not. But the word teaches us clearly that's not Jesus said, but I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Hey, let's start giving, let's give the devil his credit, all right? He gets, a, he gets a pass a lot, and God gets blamed for all of it, all the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, it's all in God's sovereign plan. No, there's a devil out there, and he's out here, he's against us, all right? Jesus came into this world to destroy the works of the devil. That's what the scripture says. That's why he came, to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came for war. That's what he said. I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. All right? And the sword's not against people. It was against the devil and his religious system of, his, of that day. So he came to set people free. Came to show us what is good. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Um, Heather and I, um, well, and all of our staff, we had a meeting on Friday night at um, Pastor Brandon and Sarah's house. We had all of our campus pastors there and, and uh, our, um, m most of our staff there. And we were just spending some time, you know, hanging out together and, and remembering that we're all part of a really big thing, you know, that we're all are focused on our individual campuses. But when we come together, we really see, wow, this is awesome. And to hear what's going on in these different places and, and that we're all one church in several locations. Um, but Chris Quinones, I asked him to share their story. I asked him to share their story about uh, their baby Leilani. And I told you a little bit about that, how um, things, as Mary Lou went into labor uh, with, with uh, Leilani, that all of a sudden things became critical. And Leilani's heart, uh, the, the heart rate had dropped to like, what was it, 60 beats a minute, I think. And then, um, and then, they, could, then they got no heart rate. So then they were using something to tap the baby's head. I don't know how this works. Maybe you know. But anyway, and then her heart rate would start back up again. And, and then they would ask Mary to push, and she would push, and the baby's heart rate would stop again. And, and so it was just, just wrestling. And finally, they decided, we have to take this baby uh, through C-section uh, because they lost the heartbeat, and then they couldn't find it anymore. So they, they rushed her into the uh, OR and through C-section, and they brought Leilani out. And Chris said, I'm looking at my baby, and she's blue. And there's, so they began immediately to try to get her heart to start up. And Chris is saying, I'm watching the doctor, and he's just shaking his head. Like, there's, he's not getting any response from this baby. He said, you know, when you're pulled into a situation like that, it's so unexpected. That's not what you expect or ever, or that you uh, 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 can imagine is going to happen. 
You know, that you come into this expecting a baby, expecting life, expecting family, and then all of a sudden it's a whole different situation than what you thought, and, 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 and it's not going well at all. And so he had texted me and told me, you know, I need you uh, to be praying, and then he told me this is not looking good. So I jumped in my car and drove down to Dallas, and by the time I got there, they had her little Leilani hooked up to some, uh, she was in NICU, and she had these tubes down her throat, and they, they were breathing for her. And uh, somewhere in that process of being birthed, she had breathed in some uh, fecal matter. So now her lungs are not functioning as they're supposed to function. And her heart rate is just working based on the machines that she's hooked to. And so they continued to tell Chris and said, listen, we just have to take this one moment at a time, you know, and, and just walk this thing out. We don't want you to get your hopes up or anything right now because we expect there to be uh, because of the lack of oxygen to the brain from her heart not beating, the, some brain damage, uh, because of what happened in her lungs. Her lungs uh, probably are going to, she's going to be susceptible to asthma and those kinds of things. And we're not even sure about how regular her heart will beat. She'll probably have some issues there. So we just want to give you a heads up about these things. And, and so Chris sits down and, and he's in the NICU and, and it, Leilani's there with all these tubes and stuff. And Mary Lou is out of the picture, bless her heart. She's in recovery at the OR, and she has no idea about any of this going on. And Chris said, as I'm sitting there and I'm looking at her, and, and they, have, they have her covered up, and they're having to keep her uh, temperature low, like 92 degrees, uh, uh, for the brain so, so they could reduce any more um, uh, brain damage at all. So... He said she's covered up in this blanket, and all he can see is her hand laying out from under this blanket. And he said she's just a limp, and you could, he could see her chest going up and down because the machine's doing the work for her. And then this scripture came to his mind. And he said, Lord, you're good, and your mercy endures forever. I don't know how all this is going to turn out. I don't know. I didn't expect it to turn out like this, and I don't know what the end is, but I do know this. You are good, and your mercy endures forever. And he started talking to Leilani in Spanish, telling her to start moving. Come on, baby, you can do it. And he said, as I began to speak to her, just their little finger started moving. And so then next thing he knows, her hand is moving. And then he sees her, her feet wiggling under the blanket. And so the nurse came over and, and they said, okay. She's, they, she said, we, she's beginning to have some response here. But again, we don't want to get your hopes up because we really don't know long term what this looks like. But Chris, all of a sudden, man, he, things in his faith and on the inside of him began to shift. Based on that truth that God is good. God is good. God's the giver of life. So he, came, he went upstairs to check on, on Mary Lou. And then she said, the first question she asked was, is our baby dead? And he says, no. Um, well, how is she? And he just said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know what to say. This is, and he said, she looked at him and said, our baby's going to be okay. Our baby's going to be okay. Well, sure enough, Within just a few hours, Leilani's breathing on her own. Um, and they, they had taken the breathing tube out. Her heart was beating regularly. She's breathing on her own. But they're still worried about, you know, her condition overall and especially her brain. 
And so they just kept kind of walking Chris and Mary Lou through this and their level of expectation. So Leilani, they, so they said, after, uh, maybe we'll have her here 72 hours, and if she improves enough and she's breathing on her own good enough and we feel good about that, then you can take her home. But we're going to need to do some testing too, uh, uh, some final tests. And they said, we know this about, about uh, situations like this. When a baby suffers this kind of trauma in the womb or in the birth, um, there is always a, a negative lasting effect, whether that's in the brain, which might be her situation, or in the heart, or in the lungs, whatever it might be, we just need to prepare you for that. Uh, there's always something that lingers uh, from this event. And so Chris said, uh, you know, okay, so they, they finally got her home. I know I'm, this is a long story, but it's so beautiful. Got her home, and, and then they, they came back to run some more tests, and this, they, she'd been in the hospital three or four, five days total, came back for some more tests, and they then sat down to read the results to the test to them. And the doctor said, I have never seen tests like this before come from a baby who went through what your baby did. But he said, there's absolutely not one thing wrong with this baby. Her brain is perfect. Her lungs are perfect. Her heart is perfect. This child has fully recovered. Praise the Lord for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. One last thing I want to think. Verse 22 says, who remembered us in our lowliest state. You know, it talks about all the wonderful things that God did for, through his goodness and through his mercy. But he makes sure to help us understand that all of creating the worlds and overcoming uh, kings and in battle and all that, in his mercy also, it becomes personal when it says he remembered us. He remembered us. His mercy extended all the way to us as individuals. He remembered us in our lowly state. When we were out of sight, when we were in that valley, he remembered us. He remembered us. Because, why? Because of his goodness, because of his faithfulness, and because of his kindness. And seeing that man was lost, seeing that man was broken in sin, seeing that man was in a low state of transgression, God remembered us. And then therefore God was in Christ reconciling the whole world to himself. The scripture says he sent his only son, and his only son was the one who came to redeem us. He called to mind those who were broken. And then, and then later on, because he remembered us, he remembered us, he chose to no longer remember our sins. You know, it's not even in God's mind. It's not even, your sins are not even in God's mind. He's not put them way back here in the recesses of his mind go, okay, that's good, you're, you're, you're saved and everything, but I remember what you did. And someday when you do something, I'm going to pull this out and use it against you. No, it's not. No, he will remember your sins no more. Why? Because he remembered you. And he remembers his son, who the ultimate sacrifice of our sins. That's why our, our condition today is better than a sinner saved by grace. We're saved by grace. We were sinners, but praise God, because he remembers our sins no more. There is no more sin. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's no sin to remember, so there's no reason for us to linger in it ourselves. And that's why today was important because he remembered you. We take moments like this to remember him, to remember his blood, to remember his body so that we will not get caught up in sin consciousness ourselves. But remember, our identity is wrapped up in this person 
the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who redeemed us, who remembered us. Amen. Let's stand together. Father, thank you, Lord, for this great time together with my family. We thank you that your mercy truly endures forever. Lord, thank you, God, that you called us out of darkness and into your marvelous light, and that today we, Lord, we, we <laughs> when we woke up this morning, your mercies were new for us. They just continue to renew and renew and renew and renew. Your mercy never tires. It never wearies. It never runs out. It has no end. And by that, we have security in you, God. We thank you that you remembered us. Thank you that you called us to mind and would not leave us where we were. But God, the Son of God, became the Son of Man that we sons of men could become sons of God. And for that, we are grateful today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.